0: hail cheaters this is the always cheating podcast my name is ed brandon how are you oh
2: i'm good ed i didn't expect to see you here
0: (laughs) i didn't expect to be here but your email a few days ago got me very excited amazing fantastic
2: fantastic we'll get we'll get to ed in a moment but yeah our our esteemed co-host josh is on family vacation right now so uh, I'm here with our good friend, Ed Gray, who you would know uh, from Twitter. Ed, I feel like you've gone through many different evolutions on Twitter, but where FPL community knows you best is from Fest, Fantasy Football Fest, where you've put on a number of successful events in London with our friends Mark Southerns and Gianni Battici. And I guess you're a Newcastle fan. What defines you most out of all of those things? Twitter, Fest, or Newcastle?
0: That's a good question. I think it's got to be Newcastle. I was born there. Um, I've supported them my whole life. Lots of people would say, but you haven't got a Geordie accent, you know, particularly people from Britain who know accents, mm-hmm. and you guys will as well, I'm sure. But I was born there. I've supported them my whole life, so that's got to define me. But in the Twitter FPL community, it's it's Fest, really. I came up with the idea of Fest, got Mark and Johnny on board, and... And it's gone from strength to strength. And now, we'll talk about it later, I'm sure. We're yeah. partnered with you guys as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I, I you know, we're going to talk about Fest NYC, Ed. But I had you on just because you're a great chat. And I feel like you're a positive personality in the fantasy community. And I feel like after the last two weeks, they've been rather divisive game weeks in FPL. Some managers have, have come up through... Uh, Some people would say ordinary picks, and some people have tried to be Maverick and go their own way and suffered for it. So I feel like now more than ever, we need uh, your positive perspective. So we're going to talk about the events of Game Week 4. Of course, there's a very, very quick turnaround to Game Week 5. We have a midweek kickoff Tuesday afternoon. (laughs) We'll talk about – this is – you know, last week it was the Brendan Aronson podcast, Ed. This week it is the Erling Holland podcast. Uh, If if we had any doubts about what we were going to see from this generational physical freak that is Erling Holland, further
0: made in a (laughs) lab, yeah,
2: yeah, (laughs) Um, it's just I I don't know, yeah, his his fantasy success was written all over his face when he completed his hat trick uh, against Crystal Palace this weekend. So we can talk a bit about uh, what the Champions League fixtures upcoming for teams like City and Holland have. How they might impact our decisions for game week five, et cetera. But just like quickly, let's look back at Game Week Four, Ed. And both of us are coming off of pretty good scores. You saved it for late uh in game week four because you do not have Mo Salah. So you dodge the bullet on Saturday and you come into Sunday with Sir Harold of Kane. Yes. How did that turn out for you?
0: It, well, it was a it was a roller coaster of emotions. He obviously scored very early. He then got a penalty. So I thought, wow, this is brilliant. We're on for a haul. It missed it. Yeah. Got a yellow card, uh, but then he got his brace. So he got 10 points in the end. I'm happy with that. And I've got, it's funny, my team splits into two. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players who just got two points or one point.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, Including my captain, Jesus. So I captained Jesus, who got a total of two points. Uh, but then I had Trent, who got 17. I had Luis Diaz, who got 14. And I had Haaland, who got 17. So I was kind of saved by those hauls from those players. Yeah. How about yeah. you, Brandon?
2: Well, that is the spine, right? Trent, mm-hmm. Luis Diaz, and Erling Holland. And It didn't take a lot of imagination to land on those players coming into this game week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I landed on 80 points. The controversy in Always Cheating Land, Ed, is, wow, last week, Josh and Brandon landed on exactly the same overall points. Ooh. And now this week, Josh and I are just one point separated from each other. And our teams converged even uh, closer in on each other with our transfers this week. So Josh moved Mason Mount out for Luis Diaz, who I already had. And then I moved uh, Nico Williams out for Saliba, who Josh already had. Our teams, uh, the only real difference was he had Sanchez in goal and I had Ederson in goal. I had Luis Dunk in my defense and he had Kyle Walker similar defensive. I think, I
0: think you're spending too much time together, Brandon. It's much like, you know, you know, you know, there's that thing that if women spend too much time together, they end up on the same menstrual cycle. Yeah, I think that's happened to you and Josh with uh, the FPL teams.
2: (laughs) I know nature, nature is a funny thing when it comes to fantasy sports. I, I think you're onto something there, Ed, but (laughs) I, I do think there is an argument to be made. Uh, well, first of all, there's an argument to be made to play fantasy in many different ways. Josh and I tend to play um, I don't know how you'd describe it, but we tend to try to just make the quote unquote right decision, uh, which which means we can often end up with the popular picks, certainly always cheating and a lot of other people like us with podcasts are setting that that table. But uh, looking at uh, the moves I wanted to make going into game week four, Saliba, I, I thought long and hard about it because I knew Josh had him. I didn't really want to get him for that reason, but yeah. it just I just knew it was the right pick. Uh, so that's where it is.
0: 4.5 million nailed starter. It's not, it's not like it's mad, is it? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that that that's, that's actually a chunk of what we're going to discuss, Ed is what I'm now calling little big at the back. And I think there's something to all of these, uh, these 4.5 to 5 million defenders who can deliver like premium defenders. And we can go five at the back because I played five at the back uh where are you a formation wise ed
0: um so this week i think i played a 3-4-3 so So you're very traditional yeah yeah 3-4-3 and i had trent cancello and i've got who i've always said from the start of the season is the best 5.0 defender trippier kieran trippier at newcastle who um newcastle looks solid defensively this season he's kieran trippier's had four direct free kicks since he joined newcastle and he scored three of them so, you know, there's, there, there's, there's that he's obviously got that in his that's locker. Incredible, It is incredible. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm playing three, four, three. All
2: right. So those are our game week four scores. Uh, that mood we were talking about Ed. well, we're feeling good. Some managers, uh, our friend Mark Southerns played his wild card going into game week four and still wasn't able to improve his trajectory this early on in the season. I do like continually stress. It's very early. It's very early still. Now granted it's hard. It becomes harder and harder as each game week goes by. If you're mired in, you know, the 6 million range to achieve whatever season long goal you have. But the reason why I feel like Josh and I are are gravitating toward these sort of easier decisions is one strategy could be uh, the Tour de France strategy. Uh, to to just draft, to create as little wind resistance as possible early in the season, and you wait for that exact moment where you break away from the Peloton and go for it. Was Game Week 4 the moment to try to break away from the Peloton? No. Was Game Week 4 a moment to try to catch up to the Peloton? Perhaps. Uh, but, but some people are still trying to get their season off the ground. A few questions from our listeners. Ben Gautier asked have we learned anything yet this season? So through four game weeks, Ed, where are you at? first of all, where are you at overall? What kind of goals do you have for the season? And as these four game weeks have passed, has anything happened that's changed your strategy or something you're kind of thinking about in the, in the near future?
0: Yeah, so I've, a, I've had a funny season so far, so I'm not doing very well. I've had a decent week this week, but I, I'm not really doing very well. Um, I, I I had this awful game week a couple of weeks ago where I took out Kane and Jesus on a wild card. Who, and then Jesus that week got 19 points, and Kane got, scored a goal, got 6, 7, 8. And I brought in Mitrovic, who got minus 2 for missing a penalty, and Darwin <laughs> got minus 3, I think, yeah, for getting wow. sent off. Wow. So, that, I mean, I mean they, and those aren't ridiculous moves at the time, no. right? So, no, no. I think if we've learned anything, to answer the question directly, so if we've learned anything, I would suggest we've learned that Mitrovic isn't now, we can trust him in the Premier League. It's not like last time. Um, Fulham are playing with him as the focal point. Fulham are much yeah. better this time. So yeah. I'd say Mitrovic, we can trust him. That's something I've learned. Jesus is the real deal at Arsenal. I think we've mm-hmm. learned. Um, he's He just looks like he's having so much fun as a footballer, assists, goals, whatever. As soon as as soon as I captain him, of course, this week, he does nothing, but go on. <laughs> so you say
2: he's the real deal, and I think this is emblematic of where FPL managers can find themselves after any game week. I learned that Jesus is the real deal. However, I only got one point from him this <laughs> yes. game week. Yeah. I hear that Mo Salah is a legendary <laughs> yeah. FPL asset for years upon years. And yeah. Apparently, and, uh, yeah, apparently, supposedly. Uh, yeah. virtually everyone captained him this week, and I mean, you, you have to mention it nine goals, zero goal involvement from the Egyptian. It's rather insane. Uh, it, uh FPL editor from, um, uh,
0: yeah, I know what are gonna say here. This is well, yeah, great, yeah,
2: fa- fantasy football <laughs> fix. He he deals a lot with data. So he actually crunched the numbers. He said, "What are the actual mathematical odds that Liverpool scored 9 goals and Mo Salah is not involved in a single one with a goal or an assist?" And it was roughly 1 in 2.6 million. Astronomical odds. So, um it's I, I guess you have to you have to legislate for flukes like this and you have mm-hmm. to be able to hold uh, two ideas in your head at the same time. Gabriel Jesus is the real deal. He scored one point in game week four. Both yeah. can be true at the same time, right?
0: Yeah, I think I'm, I'm starting to learn because I mean, I I'm someone who likes to play my own way, and I always say mm-hmm. that I, I like to have a bit of fun. I don't. I like to when everyone's saying Captain Salah, I like to try and do something different, and it hasn't really ended up in good ranks, but I I, I find it fun. I, I enjoy make fantasy fun again, right? You know, you yeah. guys think so, and that's always sure. how I've I've played the game. Um, but with it's, it's, it's interesting with the um, the odds of you know Salah, Salah blanking everything. I, I, I captain um, Havertz last season in that seven nil win when everyone did it. And that mm-hmm. was a nightmare as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, Hazu's getting one point, but he's the real deal. There is that kind of those two things you've got to deal with. And what I'm I think I'm learning this season for the first time. I think I've learned it before, but then I forget it. Is you we need to be making picks for four, five, six game weeks, not just for a game. You right. know arsenal full of at home you think oh they're going to be brilliant and jesus of course is going to get points well he doesn't he played mm-hmm. fine he's not like he played badly yeah. um he just didn't get any fpl points so yeah i'm going to start picking players for a bit longer than i have done in the past i think
2: all right two other questions here just to set the table for the pod ed uh, patrick Moffat says for those of us mired in mediocrity or worse but still very fond of our underperforming teams a little bit like what you're saying there, Ed, is you're picking a lot of these fantasy assets, not just for one game week, but for the long haul. Mm. Maybe they're underperforming now. Patrick wants to know, say something inspirational to make these next 34 weeks fun again. And our friend Brian also says, how do we stay motivated after an, an abysmal wild wildcard? Uh, this question pops up from time to time. How do we stay motivated? I think it's Uh, a particularly pointed question when you get to the doldrums of january february and you're having a mediocre season but what would you say to fantasy managers ed who just feel like they haven't had liftoff
0: yet i'd say why are you playing the game just pause and think to yourself why are you playing is it to win fpl i mean if it's to win fpl i'm really sorry to if if this has never been said on the show Mm -hmm. everyone listening on this to this is probably never gonna win fpl i mean to be fair, you had didn't you have the winner of FPL on a couple of weeks ago? well yeah we can, so we, can invi-
2: we can invite them on as a guest yeah. uh, but just yeah Joe Joe the plumber out there <laughs> listening is it going to happen to them you know it's yeah. it's like winning the lottery isn't it
0: yeah I think you've you've got to remove for me i I've just removed the idea of sort of my rank doesn't determine how much fun I'm having in FPL. Mm-hmm. For me, anyway, for yeah. me, yeah. I have fun going for these outrageous picks. And sometimes, most of the time, it goes wrong. But when it goes right, it's my pick. It's not because everyone's told me to pick him. It's not because the EO was telling me to do it. It's because I picked them. You know, when I've got Alan Sir Maximan and he got three assists last week and he got a goal this week, I'm like, yes, I support Newcastle. That's my guy. You know, what so, a goal.
2: My God, too.
0: I know uh-huh. it's a great finish he did shin it slightly but but it was a good goal
2: sure tell me a yeah. little bit more about Alan St-Maximin as a Newcastle supporter because I'm curious about what uh, the narrative around him of like he could be you know top 10 players in the world but does he uh does he apply himself as as best he can I I don't know how like just somebody on their sofa can make that judgment against Alan St-Maximin but I mean yeah you've got to think- love him right
0: Oh, absolutely. Newcastle fans love him. I mean, the thing with St. Maximan is he he definitely applies himself. So he trains super hard. He always turns up. His problem is always final product, end product. And last season, he started really well, actually. But in FPL, he wasn't an option, really, because he was put as a forward for some reason. So suddenly goals were only worth four. He wasn't going to get the clean sheet point. Everyone forgot about him. This season, he's back in midfield. He's 6.5 million. He has started to deliver some final product, it seems. Eddie Howe seems to be getting the best out of him. The only issue I'd say right now is he came off in the game just this afternoon holding his hamstring. So I'm thinking, oh, mm, crikey. I don't know whether it was just a niggle or whether it's going to be something bad. But he, when he's fit and when he's flowing, over the last two game weeks, he's got three assists and a goal. He is unstoppable. He's the best dribbler in the league. I think that's, un- yeah. it, that's undisputed. In the Premier League, he's the best dribbler. It's just he he will dribble and dribble and dribble and get past people, but then nothing really happens. But maybe that's yeah. changing.
2: He just loves to dance. And yeah. I think that's beautiful, Ed. Like it's, it's not about the, uh, the goal conversion. It's not about the result. It's about the, it's about beauty in motion for Alan, yeah. say, New,
0: Newcastle fans absolutely love him as well. Cause he does crazy things like yeah. the other week, last week, there was a bunch of Newcastle fans who came to meet him at, in this shopping center. And he just said to about 200 people in a line, I'll oh, just go into that shop and choose one thing and I'll just pay for it. And they all just went in, and they bought these toys, these kids, and he just paid for it. And then the other, he walked out the stadium the other day, and he just had a Rolex in a box, and he went to a fan and went high and then just gave him a Rolex, and then walked off. Nice. He's just yeah, mad. He's slightly bonkers, but we love him.
2: Well, I'd love to talk more about Newcastle, but you, it's like I I want new the fully fit Newcastle week in week out because I think you the what Eddie Howe is doing is is good. It's progressive, building a team in in what seems to be like a methodical way. But if St. Max is injured, I know Callum Wilson has done his hamstring as well and will be out for a few more weeks. So I just like there. I feel like Newcastle is one of my favorite teams when they're actually fully fit.
0: Yeah. We have, I was going to say, we have been for the first few games, but today, yeah, Bruno Gimares was out, Wilson's out. So Maximan's holding his hamstring. We have just signed this. Alexander Isak for 60, 58 million pounds from Real Sociedad. He looks like he's going to be a really good player. But yeah, it's interesting times.
2: Well, just going back to those words of inspiration, I feel like any manager who has had a bad week and uh, you're only one game week away from remotivating yourself, no matter how bad the last game week was, no matter how bad the last two game weeks are, as you say, Ed, the goal is not to win the game. The goal is either to beat your friends, win your mini league. Often for me, the goal is just hunting for the that that momentary elation, uh, chasing the high, as it were. So I feel like you have to keep pushing, even though it feels like it's it's heavy work right now. You keep pushing so you can just have those moments. And you get a few of those uh, moments of elation in the coming weeks. And suddenly, mentally, you're back in the game. You've got a few good picks and then uh, and then you're back in it. So th- that would be what I would say. Let's talk about managers, again, who are doing well and what better place to look than the always cheating Super League. This is, of course, the superest of all the leagues. It's free and open to any of our listeners. Uh, just go to alwayscheating.com for the league code. We're like beyond 26,000 managers in the Super League at the moment. So uh, if you're if you're flying high in the Super League, that's good on you. Ed, we're going to read the uh, top 10. I'll look to you to read the top 10 and go, go top to bottom. But okay. we're reading these from our good friends at fplgameweek.com. They are the sponsor of Fest NYC, which again, we'll talk a little bit more about in a moment. Uh, But if you're looking for a website to track your uh, FPL score in real time instead of waiting for the FPL site to uh, reset, go to fplgameweek.com. You can track everybody's score in your mini league. You can fix uh, what your your main rivals score right next to yours. So in real time, you can see how you're doing relative to your your main rivals. Uh, So they're a great site. We're thrilled to be working with them on Festus Fest NYC Ed. Give us those top ten managers in the FPL Super League this week.
0: We've got Elbiad ten by Isam Elbiad. So, and they captain Salah this week. So <laughs> mm, that could have been a lot better. Uh, joint tenth with them, Victory Fighters by Mina Mulham, and they captain Luis Diaz. What a captain choice that was. Uh, joint tenth as well. Three teams were joint tenth. Three sixty. No Pope. By Evan O'Brien. That's 305 points they're all on. Then into ninth, we've got Saka Potatoes by Matt Studdert, and they captained Salah. A lot of Captain
2: Salah's mm-hmm. hasn't gone definitely, well. Definitely, definitely the I mean the uh the, f- the formulas, what do you call them? The the, the data, the yeah. quants, the number crunchers, the bean counters, yeah. they all told yeah. us Captain told Salah. Us. Yeah.
0: They've all betrayed us. <laughs> uh eighth, we've got another FA Cup by Alex Mosey, who captained. Guess Salah, 306 points. In coming in at 310 points in seventh place, Justin Little Haywood by Mitchell Gray. Same surname as me. Are you related to me? I don't know. I'll check after this. And you, Captain, Harland. Uh, sixth place, Omono Omonoiaca by Panaguiltis, Panaguiltu. And you have 311 points. Well done. Sorry if I pronounced your name incorrectly. I probably did. You
2: almost certainly did, Ed. Yeah. Yes, I almost certainly
0: <laughs> did. Uh, in fifth place, Le Lions by Reda El Mahaba. I've probably pronounced your name wrong as well. But you, Captain Harland, as well. Well done. 311 points. Fourth this is a good place, one here. Yeah, let's we're getting we're getting into the real um, the real top ends of the of the place now. Fourth place, uh, another team that Captain Harland. 313 points. It's, it's it's remarkable, and their name is something written in Chinese that I. Can't pronounce but i would guess it would be no i'm not going to um third place we've got in 313 points in fact the same as fourth place so they were both joint third he reigns by addo francis francis which is like yeah. sort of a tongue twister um yeah you captain harland and then in second place in fact joint first we've got Ragged for England by Lewis Bridges, who captained Haaland. And in first place, or well, joint first with him, is Long Range CF by J. Bert Atuma. And fair play for being first place, because <laughs> you captained Jesus, who got yeah. one point. That's incredible. Incredible. One point from a captaincy. Played the wild card.
2: Finished on a game week net of 71 points and still is top of the Super League. So, yeah, never. Thank you, Ed. Like that was the most drama in reading uh, the Super League top 10 standings. So thank you for putting your all into that. We mentioned FPL Game Week, who is sponsoring Fest NYC. Ed, I'm so happy you're here to Mm. talk about FPL with me. Mm. Uh, We first really spoke a couple of months ago when you reached out to me and Josh and said, hey, I've run a few successful fantasy meetup events in London. I'm thinking of taking the company overseas across the pond to America. What better place to host a fantasy meetup than in New York City? And boy, howdy, always cheating is based there. Should we partner? So uh ed tell me why you're excited to bring fest to america and to new york city
0: when you look at the stats of who plays fpl around the world there's only about a third of the people who play are in the uk maybe even less so it's always been a global thing we've always had plans at fest to not just do stuff in london and the uk and around but but worldwide because it's such it's such a rich community around the world and your podcast I've listened to for, for ages and genuinely you would be the voice in my ears as I went on my runs um, mm-hmm. over lockdown and all that sort of stuff. So I knew you guys were based in New York. I, I loved your podcast. I'd actually chatted to you, Brandon, before I started up, yeah, before, we right. ran our, yeah. before we ran our first fest, because I know you'd done a meetup. So I was getting some tips off you. And so we already had this kind of link. And mm-hmm. then when I thought, oh, New York would be cool. And I contacted you and you guys were also equally enthusiastic. Yeah. Just from there, we clicked and it was just like, let's do it.
2: It's great. So uh, yeah, we're riding off of of your success in London and we're going to try to replicate that here in New York. Tickets are now on sale and we've already sold uh, uh, about a hundred tickets for our our event. So if you're thinking of, of coming, I suggest you buy them now because we do have a limited capacity at the venue, which is this beautiful rooftop venue in Sunset Park, Brooklyn with views of the Manhattan skyline. There are indoor soccer pitches inside the venue. We're going to have a cash bar, a bunch of TVs to watch all the matches. It's all happening Saturday, September 10th in Brooklyn for tickets, go to fest-nyc.com. So it's September 10th, which is game week seven. The marquee matchup there at 1230 is going to be Spurs, Manchester city. So it's going to be, a fantastic match to end the day. Before we get there, Josh and I are going to do a live podcast recording. Ed, you're also flying over with Fantasy Football Scout founder Mark Southerns and uh, our Premier League pundit extraordinaire Gianni Baticci. We're going to do a live Q&A with Mark uh, for everyone who attends. And Gianni is going to orchestrate an awesome FPL Premier League quiz that we're going to pepper in throughout the day. And Ed, you're going to lead us all in a a kick-around competition at the venue's indoor pitches and we're going to just do a lot more just looking forward to meeting fellow fpl managers particularly as the game is growing here in the states and you're looking to find more people like you you could do yeah. so at, at Fest, right
0: yeah yeah i think i think the main thing i mean I'm you tell me whether this is right brandon but the thing i feels like obviously i'm not from the, i'm not a f- soccer fan from the states right but if you were then this sort of event becomes even more significant in terms of if you are someone who plays FPL, there might be in your communities at work and stuff. Other people don't. And yeah. this is a place where you can meet people and chat to people who do. It's just a whole community of that. So like in London, in, in the UK, wherever you go, people know what FPL is and everyone plays it pretty much. Every work has a mini league. But I imagine it's a bit different in the States. So, it is, so this yeah. is even more important. It's um, a real, real good opportunity.
2: September 10th uh, we're gonna open the doors for the early 7:30 a.m kickoff and we're just gonna we're gonna watch football and, and hang out and uh, until the day is long so join us go to fest-nyc.com for tickets and more information Ed let's jump back into the FPL chat. Mo Salah. He's just a big talking point for so many reasons. I think for bad reasons at this <laughs> moment. Yeah. And I like that you, know, you and I will have two different perspectives here in that you don't have
0: Mo. Have you had Mo at all this season? Once. I had him, Once. For, the game, I had him for game week one and then I wildcarded in game week two because i'm impulsive aggressive yeah is impulsive is probably the right slash word stupid yeah, yeah. Um, how did you
2: how did it work with mo and the second half of last season because that's when i think the the mo out brigade really started to form and uh people were really frustrated with Mo's performance and, and form
0: yeah. uh,
2: at least fantasy form during the latter half of last season did you try to go without him then
0: Yes, I did. So when he went to Afcon, I got in Son. So I had Harry yeah. Kane and Son. I. So I had a poor season last season, but I shot up for the in the last three four months because yeah. I had Kane and Son who were scoring and assisting every week, and I didn't have Salah who wasn't really doing much. If you look at Salah's stats in 2022, they're not great. They're not. They're not bad, but they're not 13 yeah. million pound midfielder good, right? right. So this I, I I've gone without Salah. I had in game week one because I thought let's be sensible this season. And then I just got, I just went, oh, what am I doing? Go back to my roots. I want to play the team I want. So I wildcarded to yeah. a team I want. For example, I've got James Ward Prowse. No one else had James Ward Prowse, right? He didn't do anything this week, but last week he got an assist. He's got a penalty and he's, you know, consistently. I love him as a player. So I got him. And yeah, I don't have Salah. Am I going to suffer some weeks because of that? Of course I am. Yeah. But. Um, For 13000000 million, he's got to do a lot, and you've pretty much got to captain him almost every week to make it worthwhile in terms of value for money.
2: I think captaincy there is the the crux of it. we got a few questions from listeners. Red Dagger says, why is Salah still a must? And Neymar Butlins wants to know, shall we abandon the Egyptian king? It makes my squad cash rich. (laughs) Thinking three transfers, dump Moe, Zinchenko, and Archer? What can you do with all this money? Neymar is suggesting getting in Perisic, Luis Diaz, if you don't have him. And I think the the intriguing thing for me mostly is what you can do, not in the midfield, but up front with, uh you know, because uh, I think a lot of us right now have the, the benchable striker. Uh, Archer at uh, Astonville is the popular one. So we're playing two up front. Getting rid of Mo gives us an opportunity to still to play three strikers up front. Uh, Neymar is thinking maybe getting in Mitro. We talked about Harry Kane. Ed is somebody I have my eye on. And yeah, Eric Medbo suggests exactly this. Should we start thinking about going Kane over Sala? Mm. So for me, you said if you have Mo, he costs so much to the point where you have to really captain him every week. Based on that argument, if I'm dropping a player that I'm captaining in Mo Salah, who I want to replace him with, I think is a player who I would want to captain in turn. So if I get rid of Salah, I'm less interested in Neymar's strategy of bringing in uh, Perisic and Diaz and Mitro, players who I'm less likely to captain. I'm more interested in moving that money around to bring in Harry Kane, or maybe just mm. do a straight swap from Mo Salah to Kevin De Bruyne. So it's less... Mm. Mo's dragging me down. I want to yeah. spread that money elsewhere. It's more Mo. The problem with Mo is I'm not as secure as I want to be in captaining him. So yeah. let's ditch him and bring in a player who I'd rather captain. So what? where Where are you at with captaincy week in, week out with your squad, Ed, if you don't have Mo? Are you struggling to figure out who you're going to captain? Is it easier? Is it harder?
0: No. Well, no. So, so by not having Mo up front, I've got Harland... Kane and Jesus yeah now that's three big teams they're three main players so I can just switch the captaincy between those I've also got Diaz at Liverpool so if Liverpool have some easy fixture I think I could captain Diaz so it doesn't bother me that I don't have Salah because it as you said it's up front where the money is where you know it looks like it's the year of the forward again doesn't it because you've got Kane scoring you've got Haaland scoring you've got Mitrovic scoring you've got Tony doing well you've got Jesus doing well um, last season, it was, there was a dearth of it, but this it looks yeah. like it's back. So, so I, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to have a problem, I don't think, with those three up front picking a captain each week.
2: Yeah, and it was really encouraging for many reasons. If you're a Bournemouth fan, not encouraging. Very, very, shall we say, disappointing. Uh, I think there's some guy who has a Twitter account out there. He's a Saints fan, and he said, I can only be released from this, like, prison that I'm in until another it's, it's, team. It's tw-
0: yeah, it's the Twitter account that, that that is, have we has have we lost 9-0 yet or something? Because <laughs> Southampton had lost 9-0 twice. I'm and then he's now 10%. like, I'm free, I'm free, because Bournemouth I, are obviously <laughs> their rivals as well.
2: I, I think that's amazing. It's like replacing the genie in the bottle. So I think this yeah. is a great weekend for Saints fans and um, a very predictable weekend for uh, Scott Parker's family. My condolences to all of you. <laughs> um, but I, I think... Like the after that uh, demolition of the cherries, what we learned about Liverpool is, you know, there's some doubts about is Luis Diaz an actual replacement for Sadio Mane, both like in the real team and in our fantasy minds. And then you get into the psychological thing of like, why was I just saying a moment ago, Ed, that I wouldn't captain Diaz? Is it just because he has a lower price tag? And therefore, I read that as he's not a captainable asset. Because against Bournemouth, Diaz was just money. He was through the middle. uh, He was right place, right time. He was the one crashing into the box when the play was out wide on the right. And if you've got Trent with the ball on the touchline on the right, you want to own in fantasy that guy who is in the six yard box. And that looks like it's going to be Luis Diaz. So yeah, I, I think that suddenly he is on the table for captaincy just by virtue of um, like comparing him to a, a similar uh, player as to, to money in our fantasy minds. And then you have, I mean, for I don't think we really have to talk about his performance as wonderful as it was, it was to back watch. to the
0: glory days of Firmino, wasn't it? But yeah. he's going to he'll drop out of the team, obviously, when when uh, Nunez comes back. So,
2: do you think so? Like like immediately? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe
0: not immediately. It depends what Klopp think makes of of Darwin Nunez's actions. If that, if yeah. if Klopp's annoyed, and he's right, so he's missed three games, and Firmino's playing brilliantly, yeah. then maybe it'll be a bit of well, you can sit on the bench for a couple of games here because look what you you, you stuffed up, and Firmino's. Mm-hmm playing brilliantly why how could i drop him it might be a bit of that but i think long term it's going to be it's going to be diaz isn't it so yeah uh, sorry it's gonna be nunez
2: it's gonna be nunez i agree and i uh, the uh the nunez versus firmino thing just in the short term is slightly interesting a because darwin is serving one more match suspension for his red card so he's not a factor for game week five and then the champions league draw has happened and champions league group stage starts uh, September 6th, so a week from this coming Tuesday. So our Game Week 5 deadline occurs on Tuesday. One week later, Champions League group stage begins, and that's when we start to have all this anxiety about uh, is, is Holland or Kevin De Bruyne going to be rotated ahead of a big Champions League fixture? You just look at uh, that, that first slate of UEFA fixtures on September 6th, Chelsea is away against Dynamo Zagreb. Man City is away against Sevilla. Both of those matches are on Tuesday, and then on uh, on Wednesday, uh, the seventh, Liverpool are away Napoli, and Spurs are the one home Premier League team hosting Marseille. Uh, so I think you you now have to sort of think about uh, these positions, the, like like Firmino and. Darwin, they haven't really been able to separate themselves totally yet. How much are they going to be rotated? Let's save that discussion for when we get to Holland, Ed. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, I I think just to round out that Sala discussion, I I definitely see the the positive sides of getting rid of 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 Sala. Red Dagger says, "Why is Sala a must? He's not a must. I think I feel like we could just stop pretending like." Uh, you had to be patient with Bo. He's not mm. a must anymore. He is. He's now entering his Kevin De Bruyne phase, where De Bruyne has been one of the best midfielders in Europe for you know close to five years, and he's never been a must in mm. fantasy. He's been a player where he's very appealing when you've got a good run of fixtures, and you could conceivably captain Kevin De Bruyne and feel pretty confident about that. And I think that's kind of where we're settling with mo now is he's not going to be a player that you have for 38 weeks but given the the champions league discussion coming up the fact that uh uh holland i am 100% going to be captaining holland against forest uh, in game week 5 i uh, i don't need another player to come in to captain and in replace of Salah. so i'm going to give yeah. myself one more week to, I guess, drag my feet and uh, mm-hmm. pretend like the sky isn't falling with Sala. I mean, if you yes. were in my position, Ed, uh, obviously you'd manage psychologically at a different way, but would you mm-hmm. feel like it's an imperative for me to figure out what I'm doing with this guy?
0: No, no, I think you're fine. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. You know, if Salah got a hat-trick the next Premier League game, it doesn't matter who it's against, it wouldn't be surprising, would it? So it's always a threat. If you haven't got Salah, you should be more worried than if you have. That's how I'd put it. So I should be more worried each week that I don't own him than if you own him. I wouldn't worry because so many people own him. It's not going to affect your rank too much uh, if he blanks and that sort of thing.
2: Champions League football is back, streaming on Paramount+. Plus nine months of heart-stopping hold your breath exhilaration starts september 6th with the biggest stars top teams and the wildest fan bases across europe watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as benzema and real madrid defend their title against liverpool man city chelsea psg barcelona and more in football's biggest club competition Don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live starting September 6th exclusively
1: on Paramount+. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: I think another sort of uh, a more abstract problem early in the season is defense in our fantasy squads. So this is a section, this is a topic I'm calling little big at the back. Uh, and I think there was like a video game called little big world, uh, I don't. Okay. I couldn't tell you what the video game was about. Do you but... pick
0: 4.5 million defenders? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So I. So it, you know, if you're new to fantasy or or you're a veteran, you'll you'll pick up on the phrase "big at the back." And Josh and I have kind of been debating at the start of the season. Well, what does that actually mean? If you say "big at the back," does that simply mean you're playing five defenders, or does "big at the back" imply? you're playing four to five defenders and they're of the premium variety. They're at least six million in price. How how do you interpret big at the back?
0: I think it's the second one there. I think it's yeah. both. I think it's, well, I mean, you could call three at the, three. you know, if you had three at the back, three, four, three, you were playing and you had Trent, cancello and robertson or james or something i i would still say that's pretty big at the back but okay. big at the back in terms of war <laughs> is yeah. is what a lot of drafts before the season had which was five premium defenders you had reese james cancello diaz trent and maybe robertson as well and yeah. people because of the prices this year people could do that and that's probably big at the back but yeah people have their Huge. own definitions
2: it's huge, huge at, at the back. back.
0: That's huge at the back. That's something different, yeah.
2: <laughs> so what I'm seeking here, Ed, is to carve out a new way of thinking, and it's little big at the back, and it's as you suggest, run five across the back, but they don't have to be big guys. Yeah. So I like I it had... already. I like it already. <laughs> so I played five at the back in game week four, and I got four clean sheets out of five for my troubles, and two of them were from Saliba, who was effectively four point five. He's up to four point. Six at this point, and Lewis Dunk, who's also a four point five defender. Uh, so I think there are ways to exploit the expected points of defenders and not spend all of your money. And I think that there is also a way of strategy of how do you dif- how do you create a, a diverse defense to sort of it's all about risk mitigation, right? Like. Have you ever been one to double up on defenders from the same team, Ed? Like, do you do you feel like there's something in that?
0: Yeah, I definitely think there's something in that. Particularly uh, the, the the place that I normally would do it in, is in a February sort of March time when there's a run in, yeah. and you've got a Liverpool who are just playing so well, or a City, and they've got a run of fixtures that look brilliant. And you just, I just get Robertson and Trenton every time because I'm just yeah. like, oh, that's just guaranteed points almost. Yeah. Um. Uh,
2: S- Sven Anders Skull asks, are you still feeling the same about double Chelsea defense? And I think Sven is referring to me because I was doubting this, mostly because mm. of my sort of risk mitigation where I didn't want to have uh, two Chelsea defenders for fear of a clean sheet wipeout and the ripple effect there. And I was also not terribly convinced by Chelsea defense I mean, you know, after Mendy's blunder last week and just... It's just kind of a rickety, you know, a team full of incredible players. But, uh, you know, I think uh, a match like in Game Week 3 against Leeds really did show how ragged that team can be from time to time. I feel like, there, you know, uh, Game Week 4 hasn't really changed my mind a ton about Chelsea More in that it's it's like going to continue to be really hard for them to score goals. It seems Mm -hmm. Uh, Raheem Sterling, uh, you know, the deflected goal. uh, A goal is a goal is a goal, Ed. And certainly the the second goal was a well well worked team goal. But Mm -hmm. I I I, these this is not a team that's going to run up nine goals against Bournemouth, which then leads you to the fullbacks where it's just not the same level of attacking potential that. I remember when it was Chillwell and Rhys James just just like running the score up on free teams rain, yeah, yeah, early yeah. last season. So uh the double double up on Chelsea with Cucurella and Rhys James. Uh, I don't know. It, it worked this week yeah. because they both got assists. So in a, in effect, great. Why yeah. overcomplicate it? But, Why? But not? you're
0: not you're not you're not convinced long term sort of thing.
2: I, I It just doesn't – it feels like uh, going back to my friend Lewis Dunk, going back to Saliba, I think there are too many teams who are maybe in the same fantasy, fantasy category as Chelsea right now yeah. where they have really good defensive fantasy options. Kieran uh, Trippier. Ra- Kieran Trippier, exactly, who like I, I sold him ahead of that Man City game with looking at it was City followed by Wolves, then Liverpool. Like am mm. I going to bench – Trippier, two out of three of these upcoming fixtures. Then why do I have him? I and you know, I'll get rid of him to bring Reese James. In. It seemed like a worthwhile upgrade. I just feel like with with so many teams having good, affordable defensive assets, five from five different teams. It just feels like I don't know when you when you open up an M and M's packet or a Skittles packet and they're all the same color, Ed. Is yeah, that, does that strike you as fun? As a good time?
0: No, I, I write an immediate complaint to the company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. ask for my money back. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, uh, and uh, I think Robertson is a top of mind. Just rounding out this defensive section, Alex asked best replacements for Robertson. I think managers are a little tired of seeing Rabo being subbed off for uh, yeah. Samikas, who's playing quite well. I'm, yeah, he's but, a good, good, good player. Yeah, I mean, he's you know he's... there is some people would say Simikas isn't like great with ball retention, but he's, uh, he is delivering fantasy assets. And I think if Klopp wants to change, change the dynamic and he has somebody who could come on and put in some crosses and take some corners, uh, Simikas Mm -hmm. is a, a great option. And people are sick of carrying an expensive guy like Rabo here. So if you're if you're looking to get rid of Robertson right now, Ed, are you convinced with my little big at the back strategy? Would you move Robertson to a four point five guy?
0: I'm totally behind it. Yeah, I think I, we said we said um, me and Gianni from Fest have a podcast yeah. called the Fantasy Football Social, and we said last week for something very similar, which was we said uh, we think it's the year. I mean, this has been ruined slightly by Trent's absolute monster haul, but we were saying we think it's the year of the. We didn't say little big. What do we say? You know the 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 five the four point five yeah. defenders. You know you could create a very good defense. Just get and, me on um, the phone,
2: Ed, and I'll come up with a with a a nice little yeah uh, you know slogan for you. I like uh, it. And, and Next we'll time I'll it. give you a
0: call first. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. But I think it's totally. I mean, Trippier. I saw a stat on Trippier. He's only five and I saw a stat that he's played the third most balls into the box this season of any player. De Bru- uh, Trent's first, De Bruyne's second, Trippier's third. And when you, th- when you consider that, you go, hang on a minute, this is a 5.0 guy at Newcastle whose defence looks great, who's taking free kicks brilliantly, and you've- he's, gonna- he's just as much a threat as you know these 6.0, 7.0 yeah. defenders. So I think you're absolutely right. Brighton's defence looks brilliant. So someone like Dunk, fantastic. Yeah. You've got Trippier, you've got Dunk, you've got Saliba. Or any of the Arsenal defenders. And that's already three starting defenders. For, and you're saving three, four, five million pounds over those three. So, yeah, I definitely think it's a good good choice. And Perisic is looking good as well. Um, started again today. People saying he's not going to start this one. He did again. So you go, do you know what? You could build a pretty good defense for, let's say, 30 million yep. rather than spending 40, 50 million.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we've been here before recently with uh, somebody like Lucas Dean who he did all of these actions at a similar price. I think like what we're saying with Trippier. Uh, But what you have to look for, I think, this season and as a fantasy manager, is look for the defenders who are performing those actions, who's on set pieces, who's taking corners, who has the right price, but also who's on a team, particularly in the, the lower price tiers, who's on a team that's on the up. And Brighton and Newcastle are that. Aston Villa is not it. The interesting thing about Brighton is they don't have any wingbacks or fullbacks to choose from. Um, so that's why you're gravitating toward their center backs and and Arsenal are quite a gift this season because they look like they are a top 4 defense at the moment and their center backs are bargain priced. As are their uh wingbacks, the concern or fullbacks, I should say the concern with Zinchenko is he missed the match this weekend against Fulham because of a knee injury. And I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the prognosis is there, how long he'll be out. So I think I, I like shift my attention away from the fullbacks for the time being and Gabrielle and Saliba do seem very viable and they're just incredible uh, on set pieces for Arsenal.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And I think um, my numbers on my last comment were completely way off because I was like, you know, it's more it's better than spending fifty million on on a back on a defense. And I realize you have to spend ten million on each player to do that. So you know, you know what I mean. You can save a lot of money by uh, by 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 choosing these 4.5, 4. 5, 5 million guys. So.
2: Little big at the back, Ed. This is happening. I love it. This is this is a phenomenon. Copyright. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into the nitty gritty with game week five. Talk about the fixtures. Talk about Holland. Talk about the captaincy. Before we do, just want to do a quick shout out for Patreon. If you want to say thanks to uh, me and Josh, the Cheaters, uh, for what we do week in, week out and get more FPL content in return, do visit us at patreon.com slash alwayscheating where you can contribute at various tiers and, yeah, get more FPL content, including an extra ad-free podcast every week. Josh and I are usually recording those Thursday evenings ahead of the game week deadline. Of course, it's... Uh, different in weeks like this where the deadline is Tuesday. So uh, we'll tune in on Thursday evening to see how Josh and I did in the midweek fixtures. We also have monthly prize leagues, an active community forum, like really active. I'm in love with everybody who is involved in our Slack chats. Just great. A great group of people. T-shirts available at the higher tiers uh, for those supporters. And I want to say thank you to the new Patreon supporters we got this week. Thanks to Oliver Pierce and Keel Peck. All right, Ed. Game week five, uh, let's just let's just get it right out of the way and go right to captaincy. Looking at my bus team right now, and I've got the armband on Holland, easy peasy. The guy's in form. He looks great. City have forest, a team that they could definitely score multiple goals on, uh, and they're playing at the Etihad. But there is uh, a, a lot of debate about minutes. Uh, for the next 48 hours, everyone will say, Holland is the obvious captaincy choice for game week five. But will he start? Will he play? And the main argument here is some fixture congestion. We mentioned the Champions League is kicking off a week from Tuesday. We run through what fixtures City have come coming up, at.
0: So they've got they're going to have Forest this midweek. Um, obviously, that's a game that uh, Mark Southerns, the, new, the Nottingham Forest fan, would say is a very hard fixture. But everyone else looks at it and goes, he could bang there. There's also Villa away at the weekend. They haven't been in great form, uh, Villa at all. Stephen Gerrard, there's rumours that if he doesn't st- turn things around quickly, he's going to be sacked. They'll then go away to Sevilla in the Champions League, and then they'll come back to play Tottenham. So there's four games coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's, it's you know, the fixer congestion is starting, and people are saying, will Haaland start? Now, as far as I'm aware, Brandon, I know you're thinking, mm-hmm. of, you're, you're thinking of catching him. People mm-hmm. are basing this off Pep's comments where he said, once we have three games a week, Haaland will certainly be rested because he was asked about Minist, right? That's the only mm-hmm. quote we've had. I mean, as far as I'm aware, that's the only indication we've had. People are taking yeah. this, as they do, in the FPR world and just going, <laughs> right, making it this huge thing as if it's a rule. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and
2: Pep Guardiola is famous, right, for saying things in press conferences uh, that are tr- 100% true. He's never... Sort of stretch the truth. He's never outright lied. I'm being facetious, of course. Like, yes. Who cares I sensed, what Pep says? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did that come through? Sometimes I it don't did.
0: Know. It did. It came through. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I I do not put much stock in those press conference comments. I mean, just just logically, I think the um, the amount of rest. Like, so th- three games in one week. Yes, but. City played on Saturday, and Holland will have Sunday, Monday, uh, Tuesday to rest. That's three days.
0: And he came off on the 81st minute as yeah. well, I think, which yeah. suggests that he was sort of being spared those minutes for the next game. But I don't know.
2: Yeah, I, I ju- you just look at other units. Can I use the word unit of course
0: uh, you can. Uh, here? Use, use whatever words you want, mate. <laughs>
2: Um, he's a unit and famous, famous units in football who do not rest. Harry, like Harry Kane, Ibrahimović, who is Holland's idol, uh, Ronaldo back in the day, superstars, Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne is like, has no muscular definition is beat red after 15 minutes of running around and he still plays 90 minutes in inside, outside for, for Pep, for a Man City team. I don't think Holland has come here to play in this elite squad to win trophies, to be rotated in, in this way. Uh, I think the fact that Pep has been able to substitute him in multiple matches, you know, late in the, you know, the 75th minute, the 81st minute, et cetera, I think speaks to Pep and Holland probably having a pretty good relationship and a pretty good understanding of, I want you to be able to play in as many games as possible and in order to do that, we're going to try to keep you fresh in this manner. Uh, so I think he starts against Forest. I think he starts against Villa. I think he starts against Sevilla. I think he starts all of these matches. And maybe, what do you think about this theory, Ed? From our point of view, we are just lowly fantasy managers. We aren't connected journalists. We don't work at these clubs. Um, I'm not a fitness expert. Just look at me. My God, I, I, all I can do is try to make this decision as easy as possible to just assume he plays. Why am I going to start sowing all of this doubt in these easy decisions that I'm trying to make? Like is, is, uh, I mean, I, I think it's good to think about it, to to like ask the question, yeah. so you don't make a mistake, an obvious mistake. But we'll, it, it just it, doesn't feel like it'd be an obvious mistake to yeah. think he's going uh, to play.
0: If we all knew he was starting, if Pep said he's starting, we would all captain him, 100. Yeah. If we, if you had him, you captain him at home against Forrest, You just captain him. Of course you would. Um, I think people are. I, I, I agree with you. I think people are extrapolating too much from what Pep said. So Pep said. In a general comment, not a specific one, when we start playing three-game season, he won't play every game. I think, for me, he's talking about December, January, February, Mm -hmm. where where the congestion just gets stupid. And it's like three, four, five games sometimes over a week. And it's like Champions League here, FA Cup, League Cup. You know, it's not the first week of September when there's the first time there's a midweek game and then there's a Champions League. Yeah, I'm with you. So I think I'm tempted towards captaining Haaland. And then even if he comes off the bench for 30 minutes, we know what he's like. He could get two goals, three goals in that. Yeah. Against Forrest. so he will whatever. still want
2: the headlines, and he and he'll still he could he could certainly still grab them. And and and,
0: th- and, and he'll want to be the top scorer in the Premier League this season. Hundred percent. That's what his aim will be. So he'll yeah. be pressing, going, come on, come on, come on. You know.
2: <laughs> yeah. It, it, look at what we've seen. I mean, we've seen some incredible matches. We've got some really good teams here in the league. But if you're Erling Holland, four weeks into the season you're thinking I've got this golden boot in the bag. If I yeah. continue to apply myself and, and play he's only got six
0: goals, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like nice. Yeah.
2: So, and thinking about overall mileage, if Pep is worried about anybody, he's worried about De Bruyne, who is such a linchpin in that team and is going to go put so many miles on his odometer when he goes to play in the world cup for Belgium. Mm. Meanwhile, Holland will be sat in Manchester watching the world cup on television and, uh, Seeing if he can kick the ball hard enough to rip a hole in the net. This is how he'll be entertaining himself. Which he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, somebody, please just put that on TikTok. Yeah. I, I watch it on, on repeat. Yeah. So I I think Pep has a little bit of leeway there with Holland too because he's not going to have to worry about the minutes that he may be playing in Qatar now. The I'll, most. The most. Go sorry to
0: interrupt. I was just going to say the most frustrating thing as an England fan is we've got this player Erling Haaland, unbelievable. Do you know where he was born? England, yeah. Leeds. (laughs) So surely we could have done something with the paperwork there to make him English. (laughs) (laughs) Sure.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. The U.S., uh, we... Some of the best players we've gotten have become, have been because of all the military bases we have. Yeah, through a, technicalities. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that, that's that's how it's that's how it's done. I mean, you couldn't yeah. do a Declan Rice
0: sort of thing, like oh, yeah. you, know, you yeah, Your exactly, cat for Norway <laughs> and Grealish as well. Um, and yeah. can I ask you a question, Brandon? Sure. I know it's not Go on ahead. the it's not on the uh, list of stuff, but just to ask you. Um, the the states it must be good being a Premier League fan having these you know Jesse March and um, these American players suddenly yeah. in the Leeds team particularly doing well does that yeah. and, and Pulisic not getting a game I know but hopefully he's going to move do you have a special eye on those players when you watch or as a states fan or uh,
2: yeah one hundred percent yeah so they're calling Leeds now major Leeds soccer <laughs> uh, I'm sure nice. you've heard that and. It, I think, um, Brendan Aronson on Leeds after the Chelsea match, uh, he was asked uh, a similar question by an English commentator and he said very earnestly, we just want to show the world that we can play football too. And Hmm. when I started following the, uh, premier league, of course you had players like Brian McBride, uh, uh, and then Landon Donovan had some loan spells, but we really were a nation of goalkeepers. That was the only like elite yep. talent that we Brad could produce. Brad Friedel
0: <laughs> and Tim Howard and, yeah.
2: Casey Matt Keller, Casey you know, Keller, uh, yeah. he'll do in a pinch. Yeah. So um, I'm actually, I'm loving this right now, and uh, credit to players like Dempsey and Pulisic who kind of like took us to the next level of outfield players. Uh, but I, I think what's interesting from an American perspective at Leeds is, pulisic came over to europe played at dortmund and then chelsea and i was like all eyes are on him because he's the guy and now he has every time he steps on the field he has to represent some idea that america is now good at soccer uh with brendan aronson and tyler adams at leeds they're in this middle band where just showing their proficiency showing their ability to grind out in a mid-table team it's almost better i think uh mm. from an american standpoint
0: i think that's my mu- that's that's more Im- impressive it's not because you've always had a star player yeah. that's that's been oh we'll get him like landon donovan coming over to was it everton he came on loan yeah. i think too yeah. and um obviously you've always had a player you had that Freddie adu who was going to be the next thing and there's always american been someone <laughs> there's always been someone that the focus uh-huh. has been on but now there yeah. seems to be people coming on un- kind of under that level just who guys are just, who were just players yeah. and they're, they're premier league players and that's yeah that's 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 next level stuff isn't it for you as a nation yeah. in terms of your team yeah. um, and, and then
2: and it's totally reversed as we're saying and then you've got zach stefan in the uh fa cup final just absolutely uh laying an egg there uh very <laughs> it's 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 now a, a big downturn in goalkeeper yeah. talent in the states at the moment Oh, uh, so yeah, thank thank you Ed for you know uh, showing some love to the states. Oh, and, that's all
0: right. Yeah, I'm visiting uh, in two weeks. I'm just asking just in case <laughs> anyone's watching and so they they think I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So so that's that's really it on Holland. Uh, I think we're both confident in Captain Ham Dickney. Asked which games will Holland be dropped for, and the answer is we don't know. And the best thing we can do is just assume he's going to play. And if he does, I mean. There was, there was a great cause to Captain Sala. There were the, in Game Week Four. There was a great cause as you did, Ed, to Captain Gabriel Jesus. Jesus got a one pointer, even though he started. In in some ways, it's just like it just is what it is. Even if the player plays, it's no guarantee of returns. We all knew we wanted to Captain Holland in Game Week Two, and the he got an assist, and that was it. I said there was the planet will cease to exist if Holland doesn't score a goal in game week two. We're still here. We're still talking. Uh, So I think just with confidence and with gusto, we can all captain Holland and and see how it all shakes out. Other transfer decisions we have to make going into game week five. Uh, We talked about Robertson being a concern and with these, with these matches now coming a bit fast and furious uh, players like Robertson who, uh, the, the minutes are managed to think there in a different way than what we're saying about Holland and the role that Robertson plays is is slightly different. And, uh, Ian Stimson wants to know: Perisic feels like an easy transfer in, uh, especially if you're thinking of replacing Rabo. And you're you're feeling pretty good about Perisic. That's here's another uh, expected minutes question, Ed. Mm-hmm. Do is it worth playing that game with Perisic too? Uh,
0: well, yes, I think it is uh, because. I mean, he's Conte's guy, right? Conte's got this guy in. He knew he wanted him, even though he's a bit older, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's come in. People this week, again, I've said this, but people this week thought he wasn't going to start. He did again. And I just think, yeah, he's for this season, He's he's a player who more often than not, way more often than not, he is going to start in the Premier League. There's not a reason for him not to. So yeah. I just think unless he gets injured or... Anything like that we can we can get him, and we can he's gonna play more than sixty minutes in a game. and yeah, I think he's a good pick. I haven't got him in my team, but I want to find a way to get him.
2: yeah, just move move away from this fear based management is my my general recommendation to people out there. I mean again, yeah, go it's good it. it's 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 good to ask the questions. It's good to be smart about the transfers that you're bringing in. And uh, I, I think uh, if the question is how bad is this injury or um, is, is the position under threat, I think you nailed it there, Ed. The understanding that Perisic is Conte's guy makes me feel so much better about the risk that I'm taking on with a player like Perisic. The preferred scenario for Conte and that team is that Perisic plays, so yes. when he can, he will.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's I, it. I that's, that's that exactly it. They yeah. want him to play. Yeah. So when he can, he will. Exactly. That's all we need to know. Go for
2: right. it. Uh, David Conway asks, so we know what teams are best to focus on moving forward. But uh, for those of us who have two free transfers to use in game week five, how can we best utilize the fixtures and break the template? This is a it's a pretty big, big headed question here, Ed.
0: I like so, it though because it's breaking the template. I love doing that. So yeah. yeah.
2: So looking looking ahead, uh, are there are there teams that jump out to you who have great fixtures that we can just think let's target them right away? We have teams that are already on our radar like Brentford. We have got Palace, Leeds, Southampton, Arsenal, Bournemouth, Newcastle, Brighton. Uh, you know it's. You, you you're a little colorblind on the fixture ticker with that run where there's oh, it's actually some tough fixtures for Brentford all things considered mm. coming up. Brentford have Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth, and Palace in the next four. But is Brighton the sort of team that's gonna help you break the template? Because it's Brighton are not going to go out there and smash teams. Uh, the the defenders are going to come through for you with six or seven points on a clean sheet, and Trossard or Gross might get you a goal. Where do you have? What do you have to do? How far do you have to go to break the template in a meaningful way?
0: Uh, Yeah, it's interesting. I'd say take those into two. So your first question was about fixtures. Next, about breaking the template. First one, fixtures. I'd say if you haven't got three Arsenal, that's somewhere. That's a way to go because first of all, let's not forget we haven't mentioned it. They've won every game. Yeah, (laughs) and we can say, oh yeah, it's because of this or it's because of that. But (laughs) the fact is they've won every game. Yes. Um.
2: They and were. Got, I'm, a Fulham, I'm a Fulham supporter, Ed, and I'll I'll happily yeah. concede that Arsenal. Josh were isn't the here. Better we team.
0: know, but you know, we can uh, we can still say it, you know? yeah.
2: Arsenal were the better team, uh, yeah. and 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 we were gifted a goal by Gabriel's lapse in in awareness in that moment. So yeah, I agree. Like Arsenal are a perfect team, in, insane value in fantasy right and, now. You and, and the next.
0: And their next fixtures are Villa at home. Then you've got United away. And maybe it's a new United now, we don't know. But then it's Everton at home, Brentford away. Then there's the you know the, the London Derby. But these fixtures, you know, Arsenal have won every game so far. So definitely have three of them, I'd say. Now, to properly break the template, how far do we have to go is a really good question. You could get players like, I mean, Ivan Tony, although quite a few people have him, Brentford have got mm-hmm. some good fixtures, as you said he would be a good person to bring in, but that's not massively breaking the template as in he's not owned by much, but it's not like, Whoa, what's going on? If you really want to break the template, what have you got to do? And that's a good question. I don't know, really know the answer, but I think players like someone <laughs> just, just like pretend a, that
2: you have the answer.
0: Well, here's the answer, right? And it's a bit biased. Here's the uh-huh. answer because he's currently owned by 0.0% of players. Probably. He's only just uh-huh. joined the premier league. Isaac at Newcastle. Okay. Callum Wilson is injured. He's going to play Isaac the next four or five games for sure because
2: Chris Wood just to. isn't doing it, is he?
0: Chris Chris Wood, we bought Chris Wood for twenty five million pounds in January, and it was great money spent because we relegated Burnley by buying their best player <laughs> off them.
2: <laughs> and <laughs> Which, and every neutral in that situation laughed. Yeah, we exactly. Laughed our butts off.
0: And and we, uh, you got to remember, we were in the relegation zone when we bought him and. Burnley weren't, I think, and then it just went like that, and then we went like that, and um, you know, we we just rose and had an amazing end of the season. Chris Wood played a very important part in that. He didn't score goals, but he created this focal point and we all played off it. It was very good. He didn't yeah. he hasn't done a bad job, to be fair. He gets a he gets a bad rep because he hasn't scored many, but that's fine. But we've signed this Isak. Isak will definitely start over Wood. He would have started today over Wood, but mm-hmm. it's just his work permit didn't come in time. So Isak is seven in FPL he could who knows right new players the premier league who knows but if you if you're talking about breaking the template that any suggest then any suggestion is going to sound slightly whoa that's out there (laughs) you know so isak is my shout
2: what if i simplify it and breaking the template isn't necessarily about you've got to get a player that nobody else has and i think game week four is such a great test case in that everybody captained mo salah and you, you one would complain, well, I look at everybody's team who's doing well, and they all look the same. But who did well in game week four? It was predictably Erling Holland. It was predictably Trent Alexander-Arnold to a degree. Uh, hindsight is what it is in in this mm. moment. Diaz. Uh, yeah, there. Were, Diaz and Luis Diaz. There were ample opportunities for you to captain somebody who wasn't Mo. And I think your game week... Looks a lot different in that situation. Your view on your um, your uh, your autonomy in fantasy begins to feel different yeah. when it's it's less. I've got to have a different team, and it's more I just have to make slightly different strategic decisions. Uh, when I see the the captaincy is popular this way, and I, there is a clear other alternative, pretty good opportunity here in a game in a game week like four. Suddenly, you're 15 points beyond uh, the pack just just by making that one simple non-player non-transfer based move. So I, I think I just implore people this it it doesn't especially this early in the season have to be about busting the transfer template. Start taking chances in your captaincy because uh, I, I believe I believe it. I meant it when I said about the the fluky nature of when you get one point from Gabriel Jesus. And I thought that was a pretty well thought out captain decision that you made this week, Ed. It didn't work out. Um, uh, but if you had just moved to another forward, it, it could have worked better with with Kane or Holland. I mean, was there a moment in your planning for game week four where you thought about captaining somebody other than Jesus?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was between yeah. for me. It was one of on the front three. I considered Haaland, but I thought, well, what did I think? I. I, I I don't know. I just, I just saw, I just saw Jesus has done so well. And yeah. I thought Jesus, Fulham at home, whereas right. Haaland, who did, Palace, you know, Palace, are, we say are really good at the back and, you know, all this sort of jazz. So I yeah. thought, well, Palace could, could hold Haaland and then, right. and then they went two 0 up at Palace. So I was, I was thinking, oh, you know, all right, you know, not that. And then Kane away at Forest. I was thinking, well, it's an away match and Forest would look really good. So I'm not going to go, I won't go for that. Who's the team to go for? Well, Arsenal at home, they've won every game so far. Let's go for that. So,
2: yeah. So doesn't game week four show us that it's like there, it's kind of low risk to, to have a, a different captain. So Jesus in effect produced the same amount of return as Mo Salah. Uh, so it's not like you lost ground to the Salah captainers. Um, but it could have it, it could have been a high reward situation so you still ended up with a good game week at at 60, at 72 points i think you ended up on or 71 71
0: and, yeah
2: yeah and um and you were able to be different with your captain and you had an opportunity to to sort of break that template as we were saying so I guess where I'm landing here, Ed, is sure, Isak. Uh, the the odds are probably not in your favor. Um, you've got to love the curveball thinking, uh, but but maybe maybe it's it's not the player. Maybe it's the armband. Maybe it's the formation. Uh, it's it's all of these these things.
0: There's so many different decisions every week, isn't there? To just make a point here or there. So yeah, yeah it's a it, you can simplify it as you say and just go. Well, who am I going to pick? And who do I think is going to do well? Based on a number of things, but there, there is also so many things that are, yeah, like form as you said, formation, subs getting lucky with subs coming off the bench, captaincy, all this sort of stuff feeds into it. So,
2: all right, some quick hits then, Ed. Just looking at the fixtures for game week five, a Tuesday slate: Palace host Brentford, Fulham host Brighton, Southampton host Chelsea, Leeds host Everton. What's like to you the your most likely clean sheet? out of those four fixtures
0: um i think the most likely clean sheet will be boom, 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 boom. i reckon palace brentford could be nil nil yeah they're yeah. I mean tight it's tight too- in the back they're both
2: <laughs> yeah two very organized yeah. outfits right
0: yeah um, Fulham Brighton, I think could be a two, two sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Ed, one of the decisions I have, and I'm considering holding my transfer for game week five. And then the, the debate for me is, do I start Andreas Pereira over Lewis Dunk? Because right. I've got a similar feeling to you that there are goals in this game. As good as Brighton have been, Fulham just seemed like they're out for blood yeah. Not not in a Liverpool sort of a way, but just yeah. like they understand it's it's the opposite of the Scotty Parker regime where they know the they are they are playing like the only way they're gonna stay up is if they score goals and if they yeah. attack.
0: It's a funny slate on Tuesday because it's got one well, Brentford Brighton, Everton, Leeds, Southampton, Fulham, Crystal Palace, all of them you'd expect to be in the bottom half of the table probably this yeah. season. Maybe not Brighton, maybe not even Brentford. Who knows? But as in they're all sort of those teams. Then you've got Chelsea there. So so it's, it's kind of quite unpredictable. I mean, I imagine Chelsea will beat Southampton, but then again, yeah. Chelsea weren't great the other day. So,
2: I think it's, it's a good test. Yeah. I think it's a good test going back to the double Chelsea defense question. And I, I think we could learn a lot from that Southampton match, like how much faith we can put in the double Chelsea defense of them playing a very mediocre team on the road. Can they just go in and and do it? So, yeah, I I think Chelsea is probably like the the marquee uh, fantasy team for Tuesday. Then that gets us to Wednesday where we can have a bit of a captaincy debate here, Ed, because both Arsenal, City, and Liverpool all playing at home. Arsenal facing... uh, very dismal, Steven Gerrard, Aston Villa team. City hosting a very kind of tricky, cagey Forest, uh, but still a team you would expect a Holland to batter. And, a, and uh, Liverpool- yeah,
0: a, a Forest that really go at teams as well. So yeah. they could to, be to could, be exposed Yeah.
2: And then you have uh, Liverpool hosting be careful Newcastle. Here. Be
0: careful here. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I I, I was going to say I think that, that this is you know what. He kind of gives Mosala a stay of execution because you look at this match and you're like, well, I think that's a tough one for Liverpool, Yeah, given how good they were against Bournemouth. Newcastle are just are, are a very good team. It's going to probably be uh, a touchier game. Is there think- anything in it here for Spurs in a London derby? At West Ham, who have just appeared incapable of scoring goals.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, Tottenham... West West Ham Tottenham. I mean, Tottenham won, obviously, today, but you're right. They're looking oddly flat um, compared to last season. I mean, last season, they punched above their weight, for sure. Uh, this season, you thought they would kind of kick on and kind of maybe establish themselves as the best of the rest with their signings and everything, but it hasn't looked great. Tottenham are looking good, of course. I would say about Newcastle, the thing, if you've got Salah and you're considering captaining him against Newcastle, I would wait to hear the Newcastle team news because if, mm. if if it's true that Wilson's injured for Newcastle which it that's definitely true but if Alanson Maximan is injured as well and Bruno Guimaraes is still injured then mm. at that point I would go mm, maybe Salah could be quite a good pick here but if we if we were full strength then I'd say don't do it because we're a very organized team we're going to we're going to you know we're going to do well yeah. but if if Newcastle's injuries are bad I I'd, I'd say if you've got Salah captain him
2: it's an unfortunate outlay of fixtures where all these teams, where they have captable players, play on Wednesday. So potential lineup leaks uh, aren't going to help us yep. when we have to close out our, our, our teams on Tuesday. So if it's not Holland, do you think Salah is a second uh, captaincy option? Who's who? Who are like the second and third best options here for game week five?
0: Yeah, for I that. think probably. I think Haaland's first choice. Uh, taking into account all the will he play, won't he? If he plays, he's first choice. Mm -hmm. Second choice would be Salah, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Third choice would be... uh, Sorry, it's obvious, I know, but Jesus. Mm Because Villa have looked poor, really poor. (laughs) Like, since Gerrard's... In 2022, I saw some stat earlier. They've won, like, seven games, but they've lost, like, 15 or so. You know, it was something that is not good. And (laughs) Arsenal were looking good at home. Jesus is looking very good, of course. So... Yeah, I I will either be captaining Haaland or Jesus. I'm I'm leaning towards Haaland.
2: Yeah, and I think Kevin De Bruyne has to be mentioned there as well. Just It's a Haaland-adjacent pick. I kind of put them in the same basket for this Forest match. Uh, I'm very, as a double-city defensive owner with Ederson and Cancelo, I would love to see something from my defensive lads this week. Please, just a clean sheet. I'd love that. It's that. funny
0: because City are conceding goals, aren't they? It like they Too many. Th- three against Newcastle, two against Palace. Yeah, maybe keep-
2: maybe even three against Palace, depending on where you land oh, on yeah, the whole exactly. Ederson throwout situation. Yeah. Um, we're not even mentioning the Leicester Manchester United uh, match that closes out the game week on Thursday, but that's just a sure a sheer pure watch. Uh, yeah, uh, for for me, I can't imagine owning any fantasy assets in either of these teams. Leicester have just. Uh, you know, we're dragging on Villa and Steven Gerrard here, but Brendan Rodgers is uh, just like, it's it's really awful. It's it it, Yes,
0: <laughs> it is bad, isn't it? I don't know what's going on. The problem is they're selling all their players. They, yeah. You know, Fafana's gone now to Chelsea, it seems. They've, Madison, there's been rumors he's going. There's been rumors Vardy's going, but now he's signed a new contract. So yeah. it just seems like there's something not right there. They haven't really bought anyone. It just... Mm, it's, it's something not right there, and it wouldn't surprise me if Brendan Rodgers was the first to go in maybe end of Octoberish time if things don't turn around. Um, United are looking good now. You know, it's not a quick turnaround, obviously, but they're, but they're looking solid. It looks like they've bought into Ten Hag and mm-hmm. kind of what he's saying. Made yep. a couple of new signings. They just signed Anthony today for 100 million euros, whatever that is. Um,
2: it reminds me a little bit of when Conte came to Chelsea and Conte was like, all right, I'll play these players. We'll play the formation that you guys were, uh, you know, moaning about. And they got off to a rocky start and Conte said, see, it's not going very well. We're going to do things my way now. Yeah. And they ended up winning the league. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, I'm not, I don't think, uh, 10 Hag is going to take United to the title this season yeah. or next, but, I it it just has to be really encouraging as a yeah. supporter to see just the
0: it's the clean the, sheets it's the defense yeah, right, It's the defense right, right, it's, it, right. That, that's so, the encouragement yeah maguire's obviously been dropped luke shaw's been dropped they've got this new fellow melassia at this left back who looks yeah. really good
2: you gotta mention diego dallo you know people yeah. stuck with him at game week one and and i tip my hat to him Shepard absolutely all right, let's wrap things up there. And if you want to hang out with me and Ed live in person, do come visit us in New York, September 10th, at the Sunset Rooftop in Brooklyn, New York. We're going to be watching the Game Week 7 matches, hanging out with Josh, Mark Southerns, Gianni Baticci, quizzes, live podcasts, cash bar, kicking the ball around, rooftop views. I really can't explain to you how much fun it's going to be Ed, you're flying over from the UK with Mark and Gianni. Is it just going to be like a, a pleasure cruise from Heathrow to JFK?
0: Yeah, pretty much. It's going <laughs> to be great fun. Honestly, it's going to be so good. Uh, no, really looking forward to Obviously, I'm really good friends with Mark and Gianni, so it's, it's like a, a bit of a lad's holiday as well. And, uh, Fantastic. We're going to be meeting you guys. Perfect. Can't wait.
2: Yeah, so fest-nyc.com. Get your tickets now. Find more information there. And again, thanks to our sponsor fplgameweek.com. If you want to get involved in other ways, you can visit alwayscheating at patreon.com/alwayscheating, where you can thank us and get more FPL content in return. As we do each week, we thank our producer patrons: Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, the Big Gaffer, Bob Ascoon, James Holland. Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazaros, Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uwong, Shibmore, Joria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Schauer, Jeremy Spiker, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Volker Paulson, Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin, F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, and Roberto Morales. Rate, review, subscribe to Always Cheating wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter where we're most active, at Hail Cheaters. For all this information and more, visit our website, alwayscheating.com. Ed, thank you so much for jumping in and hosting uh, in Josh's place today. It's been a pleasure having you. Any last words before we get out of here?
0: Just one question. In America, when you have the FPL app, does it say players are in dollars or in pounds?
2: Uh, uh, That's a good question. Uh, I've got the uh, it's in pounds it's in pounds sterling okay Okay.
0: that's all I wanted to know that's the only reason (laughs) I did this
2: (laughs) well asked, ask Ed and answered Uh, fantastic Uh, follow Ed on Twitter uh, if you want to know what he's up to underscore fantasy Ed any other websites or social handles people should know about
0: no just fest dash NYC buy tickets come and meet us it's going to be an amazing amazing time
2: Outstanding. We'll see you there. Thanks again, Ed. Uh, Hail cheaters.